In this episode of Multi New Media, we'll be exploring the leading productivity suites and working hard to help you determine which one is right for your business. I'm Chase Raz, a university instructor, corporate trainer, and consultant. I'm Chris Ayers, a software architect, systems engineer, and consultant. And we're Multi New Media, your business technology advisors. This is Multinew Media. So, hey, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I, I understand that it's been busy for you recently. Not a lot of sleep, um, <laughs> quick turnarounds, and, and you know I'm in that same boat. So how are you faring through that? I'm doing well. Uh, just went through some uh, scrum training. Going to get that certification very soon, and I'm going to be... Down at Microsoft Friday, probably doing some uh, some training on uh, serverless computing and Azure Functions. Uh, it's a good stuff. All day class, I'll be helping lead. We're definitely going to have to get into some serverless soon because I know it's something that people keep hearing about, and uh, we can definitely help bring that topic to folks who are wondering what it is, how it applies to them. But that's not quite what we're here to do today, is it? You are hanging out with Microsoft, so you're going to have to promise to not be biased today when we're looking at helping people choose a productivity suite. <laughs> me? Biased? You're the one who's biased. Everybody says that. They they tell me that I'm a Microsoft fanboy, and I'm not. I'm absolutely not. I, I, I dislike them as much as I like them, and that's true of all of the companies we'll be talking about today and their software. So uh, I, I'm going to promise to bring no bias into this, or at least only the biases that I would expect other business people to have. Uh, with that, is, are, are there are there biases that developers and software architects will have in terms of productivity suites, or do you kind of save that for you know code editors and IDEs? I think it depends. Um, I think that uh, it's a tool for us, uh, just like it's a tool for everyone. And so we just want a tool that works. We want the tool to do what it needs to do and get out of the way and not uh, require a lot of time investment or, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's the exact same. Sorry, I just turned my volume down. That's the exact same on the business side. And uh, again, trying to bring no bias into it. And I'm going to have to work a little bit harder on that because I, I admittedly am in a mindset of one of these tools right now because I have delivered 80 hours of productivity training in Microsoft Office this month already. And we're uh, we still have what another week to go in the month, so uh, I'm I'm kind of in the Microsoft Office world right now. But I do, Chris. You asked me this before we went on air. You said, "Okay, in order to keep you honest, how uh, how recently and how in depth have you used the tools we're going to talk about today?" So we'll get into that, and hopefully, I assured you that uh, I can be unbiased. And if that's the case, I'm sure everyone out there trusts you and your judgment on that because you'll hold me to it. So what are what software packages are we going to talk about today? Which ones are we going to cover? Well, I think that we can cover a couple of the big boys as well as one, some of the ones that you might find on your devices, either at low cost or no cost. Uh, so Office Suite, you know, O365 or just Office uh, the G Suite or Google Docs and you know Google Sheets uh, type of applications, 
iWork if you if you have an iMac or if you have an iPad and LibreOffice uh, pretty much for any of those. Yeah, for, for pretty much anybody. They even have mobile viewers. Now, I think who we're not going to cover today, and just so we know this at the get-go, we're not really going to look at some of the smaller suites and some of these mobile-only suites like GoToDocs and Polaris. Sorry to break your heart if you love them and use them. We're not we're not saying you should stop. We're not saying that if they have a good um, productivity angle for you, that that's not our purpose today. We want to look at the bigger players that are, I, I guess we could say more cross, maybe cross-platform, but definitely cross-device uh, form factor. So you can work on a tablet, a desktop, all of that. But Corel Office. <laughs> Corel. Word perfect. No, yeah, no, I have used Corel Office as well. I haven't used it nearly as extensively as these others, but um, it has its merits. It just doesn't belong in this episode, I don't think. I was joking, yeah. There are loyal fans of Corel Office. WordPerfect 8 supports Windows 10. (laughs) You're picking on that, but up until last (laughs) year, up until last year for graphic design, I did not use Photoshop. I used Corel Photo Paint, and I still swear by that decision. I love that software. Uh, there were some compatibility issues, but it, it was wonderful. But uh, on that, there are a couple of titles that people may expect us to talk about if they haven't checked up on these suites in a while. And the big one in the room, which is almost a decade out of out of date now, might be OpenOffice. And that's really what we're talking about with LibreOffice. The developers that were making OpenOffice uh, Open kind of jumped ship once well, Oracle got a hold of it. Well, there was some some issues I think with OpenOffice Org and and Oracle and yeah they they stopped working on the OpenOffice project because of Oracle and because Oracle wanted governance and guidance over it and it's like no this is a nonprofit yeah we're exactly. gonna do whatever and so so LibreOffice is representative of the most popular branch of that in the current day and age there are others OpenOffice is still maintained by Apache by the way Oracle eventually gave it to Apache they don't do anything with it but maintain you know security updates and there's even one for Mac NeoOffice but again none of that really belongs here we'll look at Microsoft Office LibreOffice uh, Google Drive or Google Suite and Apple iWorks. So let's get started with it. Who sh- who should we go to first? What do you think, Chris? I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not that sleep deprived. Oh, you're not talking about me and my hallucinations. We're talking about Microsoft Office. Why is that the elephant in the room? Uh, because... Probably for the last, I don't know how many years when people talk about compatibility and when when you need to submit a form, it's in a format like a Word doc or an, an Excel file. Like th- these names have almost taken on the common vernacular like a, a tissue. Yeah, a just go, just go Xerox like it or, or give me a Coke. Right. It's very similar to that where you give PowerPoint presentations like that it's it's just so common so now see i'm on the why? flip side of that at, at my university we've got a lot of people on apple and i hear everybody talk about everything as a keynote and it drives ah. me it, it can drive me nuts it doesn't always now i get when they mean it but the reason it can drive me nuts is if they're using keynote as a generic term right a keynote is the keynote speaks uh, speech so uh sometimes it is misused just like powerpoint is uh, but as yep. we go through these, let's talk about a couple of the factors. So would you say that it's fair to start with price? How, how much does Microsoft Office cost? If it's the if it's the industry standard, what does it take to get it? Well, there's a couple different ways to get it. You can buy it just in a box, kind of. <laughs> uh, you know, you can download <laughs> Literally it. download you or can, in a box at a store, either way. 
Yeah, and um, I think the last time I checked, it was like $99. And we for, should be for, clear, that's option one. We're going to compare that yeah. with something else in just a moment. Those aren't two different things. It's You can buy it out. Uh, buy a license right. <laughs> or procure a license outright. And, and that license is good for that version. For, I believe like, it's still as in, long as you have your in perpetuity. Yeah, I believe it still is. Yeah, they do have some student plans and some university plans. But, you know, you just go, go pay $100. You pretty much have a license for like Word and Excel. You can get the student and home edition of Microsoft Office, which includes Microsoft Word, their word processor, Microsoft Excel, the spreadsheet, Microsoft PowerPoint, the presentation software. But you can get that for, I believe it's somewhere between $100 and $130 for a home and student license. That's the home license. Why, why would I want to go to uh, a professional or a, a, a premium type of um, package? What advantages would that give me? What extra applications would I get? So I think that one's really helpful. So if you are not using the product at home for personal use or as a student, Microsoft is really going to require you to move to something else. So there are other tiers for small business. There are tiers for enterprise. And you can keep building up to the point to where you can essentially spend a couple of hundred all the way up to four, five, six, seven hundred dollars, depending on the version of Microsoft Office you're buying. The more you spend... It's not always that you get more added in with the business, um, the business editions of Microsoft Office. If we're talking about buying it in a box or as a download, you typically get things like Microsoft Access in addition, potentially InfoPath, potentially Publisher. But those are kind of out the beaten path and we're not really uh, too concerned about those today. Just revisiting the home one's like $150 for a one time license. Mm -hmm. Word, Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote business side, they start adding a few extra services like OneDrive so that you can share files with people easily, Outlook so you can access email, like you said, access for data storage, Skype and, and Teams for, for chatting, depending upon the level you go. But that's where those subscription models come in. And right, so because Teams, if you're looking at Teams, and we talked about that last episode, 101, Teams is only included on the subscription model. You can't get that if you're paying outright. Um, but the subscription model, you do definitely get more. Um, yeah, the low end is like $8 a month for a user. And uh, you don't get Teams, but you get Outlook, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. You get regular updates to all of that stuff. And you also can install it on tablets and you install it on like your home machine and your work machine. Yeah. When you go up to like twelve fifty a, a user a month, that's when you start getting Exchange access and SharePoint, where you can have places to share files and set up email internally and Teams, and you can start you know using the collaborative features. Now the other nice advantage is Office does work on other platforms. So not only does this work on PC, it works on a Mac. You can access a web page and do you know, Word online and Excel online. If you need to update a spreadsheet or a presentation uh, when you're on the road, you can just use a device without having to have Windows in, or have Office installed. You can just hit a web page, log in and access your file, make the change, send it off where it needs to go. Except for desktop Linux, Microsoft Office is pretty much available everywhere. And even on desktop Linux, like you said, there are what they what Microsoft calls the online apps. 
uh, for Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, there are online versions that you can get and just log into your browser and, and, and utilize them. The only thing that I will say, though, is if you have a Microsoft account, you already have access to those through OneDrive, whether you're a business user or a consumer. So we can buy business license for them at, I believe, $4 a month or something like that just to get those online apps for business use. But I, I kind of want to ask you this because I feel like I, I feel like most anybody who works with business productivity software pretty much knows some of the stuff we're talking about right now and might be wondering why they might move to other things. But before we get there, I will say that when it comes to Microsoft Office, my advice over the past at least year or two has been to try to convince people to move to the subscription model. And some businesses kick and scream and they say, why would you do that? Why would you advise us on that? Why would you advise us to spend monthly? And I'll tell you, I moved myself to the subscription model a while back. I end up spending less on Microsoft Office. I'm not promising that every business will, but I get, even though I do spend less, I get so much more than what I was otherwise paying for. Uh, there's there's another side to it when you start getting to medium businesses and and. Some businesses get into an EA with Microsoft, an enterprise agreement, where they're like, hey, I need five licenses of Windows Server. I'm going to need Windows Pro on 10, 15 desktops. I'm going to need Office on all of them. Oh, and I want to set up an Exchange server and a database server. Hey, if I bundle all my licenses together and I do this agreement, I'm going to get a discount on everything. And so it's actually, you know, worth my while to go to the subscription model for these type of things because I get such huge incentives uh, in addition to regular updates and all, all the things that come with that. They push the $12 one. So you get yeah, that's what increased storage, um, SharePoint access, video conferencing for up to 250 teams, Microsoft invoicing. What I have in terms of Office 365 is the business premium level that's 1250 a month and just really quickly if you wonder what i'm paying for for that 1250 a month per user i get exchange email OneDrive, so i get a terabyte of storage for each business user microsoft word excel powerpoint OneNote, access uh, all of those desktop applications and online as well as publisher and access on the desktop SharePoint, online, Microsoft Teams, Yammer, To-Do, Microsoft Flow, uh, an entry level to Dynamics 365, and I promise I'm done listing except for one thing. Microsoft did recently roll out to this tier of Office 365 and only this one, not the enterprise levels, but to business premium, which is targeted to small and mid-sized businesses. They're trying to move into this new space that no one else uh, that we're looking at today is in. So there is a business center as a part of Office 365, and they offer a couple of services. So the ability to send pretty simple invoices. Booking sounds like a scheduling type of application for like appointments. Absolutely. So there's booking, which is for that. Listings, which lets you check your listings on search engines and things like Yelp. Connections, which is an extremely simple and rudimentary email platform. So if you are not quite to the level to where you need Aweber or MailChimp or something like that, Microsoft Office in the business premium uh, subscription has a service for that and a contact manager that can even integrate with Outlook. So I know that's a lot of stuff and that's hard to process when you're, you know, when you're hearing it in, in the audio form. But basically what we're saying is even though we're comparing word processors, spreadsheets and presentation software, there's so much more. 
Yeah, they're, they're, I didn't realize some of those business features were there. Yeah, the business center is fairly new. Uh, I will I will caution anybody. This is where Microsoft Office can get some of its weakest ratings because these are new experimental features. They're you know Microsoft's not trying to put Mailchimp out of business. They're trying to offer you as a small business or as an individual something you can go to until you need you know these other services until you need QuickBooks Online or. Uh, whatever the case may be. So there, it's not to replace any of their market competition. It's to augment and supplement. Well, I, I think we've we've spent enough time on Office. Agreed, 100%. Uh, so as we transition on, what about Google Docs next? Google Docs is, has some nice, some nice features. You don't have to really install anything. You just access it and go. And it's, it's very, uh, yeah. I'm with you because and I understand the sentiment you're you're expressing here. And and let me clarify for anyone who, who thinks there may be a mood change here. There's not. Google Docs is so amazingly simple. Now we say things like Google Docs and G Suite for Business, which is the paid version you can subscribe to to also get enterprise level Gmail included into your business. But th- the reality is you can use Google Docs for free, just like you can the Microsoft Office online tools. So if you go to drive.google.com and log in with your Google account, you'll see your Google Drive, but also this, at least at the time of recording, this beautiful blue button on the upper left-hand side that says new, and you have the ability to create Google Docs, which is their version of a word processor, Sheets, which are their spreadsheets, and Slides, which are their presentations, but even Google Docs doesn't stop there. Nope. Like, so with the G Suite, which is very similar to office 365 like you don't have to pay for anything and you can get a gmail you can get access to you know google drive and hangouts and all that stuff but what you do get for signing up for one of their suites is um, additional storage uh, shared calendars Uh, you can have hosting for your email for your company so that everybody has uh, company emails, just like with Exchange and Outlook, you know, you can have the the branded Chris at multinewmedia.com, something like that. Which um, doesn't exist yet, but we should make it happen. <laughs> eh, yeah, true. Now, it, uh, with these apps that you're talking about, though, I, I love the fact that you're bringing that up because, again, we don't want to, you know, I don't want to speak down to anybody who's listening. We're not trying to tell you how to get a word processor and um, and and presentation software. We all know that office exists and, and drive exists and iWork exists, but the core is what else comes with it and, and how do we really deploy these things in our business? So when you're looking at Google drive or G suite, can you get some of the functionality that you have in other suites like pivot tables that you have in Excel? Sure. These things are also available from Google drive. They may have a different name. Uh, so the equivalent to a pivot table is a fusion table you can do things like create drawings and maps and and even create Google Sites. Google Sites, uh, if you've ever made a website using Google, that's actually a part of their G Suite and Google Drive now. But since we are talking a cloud-only service, there are no applications to download. That's good and there that's bad. You can do everything on every device if you have a web browser, but that may create some limitations for some people in their in their workflow. Uh, yeah, the offline access it can be a problem, but it does offer some other things that Google tries to leverage. So Google's known for searching. So when you set up a, a business plan and you you have multiple users under it, um, you can easily 
search through all the files of everybody in the company if you need to. You know, it's easier to discover relevant uh, emails or chats or documents or files because they're all, you know, associated and hosted and, and, and tagged. And, I, you know, Google's really pushing that. Um, they also offer like with – there could be some headaches with administration I think sometimes with individual accounts under office business plans. You know, which Microsoft account I push it to, you know, how do I assign it? They also offer that type of functionality on the Google side where you set up your business and you list out the individual users, set up their emails. So you have some administrative capabilities to, you know, reassign those users or or give them rights, permissions, maybe to manage the website or to, to audit files or have additional access. And well, there's an upside and a downside to that to me because yeah. you know that I bemoan the groups as a part of Office, especially as a very small business. I, I really bemoan it, but on the Google side, it is a lot easier. At the same time, sometimes uh, the settings within Google Docs are harder to work with, they're harder to figure out because it's a tool that's so focused on simplicity. That when you do need to get into the advanced workflows, I often find that, you know, some problems get created. And and sometimes you can't even compare Microsoft Excel to Google Sheets. You could compare Excel Online to Google Sheets. But we really, truly are talking apples and oranges here, even though we haven't talked about Apple yet. <laughs> Funny. Uh-huh. I had to get my corny yeah. joke of the day in. G Suite has – I've worked at companies where there's a large percentage of Macs and Linux machines as opposed to Windows machines. Yeah. So more Mac or alternate operating system, alternate development stacks than Microsoft Shop, you know, top to bottom. And G Suite was a big part of those places of work. I've also seen it used heavily in, in some smaller businesses just because they already know Gmail and it was actually relatively easy to kind of point your email at it and go, okay, there you go. Don't really have to learn anything else. Right. And it's simplified administration. Like you said, don't have to worry about installs or anything. Just go here. There, there can be some advantages and some disadvantages. I think you've hit the nail on the head though in some ways where looking at what you get with like an O365 suite there's a ton of applications and a ton of functionalities. When you look at some of the G Suite offerings, yeah, it is some file sharing, video chat, you know, a lot of comparable type of applications. But as far as the online editors, the ones specifically Google are a word replacement, an Excel replacement, and a presentation replacement. I think that's a wonderful way to say it. That's what they are. They're, they're meant to be a replacement. But, but if you want to go beyond that, you have to use third-party applications that kind of get connected and added into Google Drive. And some of those might have an additional cost as well. Yeah, They're not always free to hook in. Like, oh, I want to make th- th- this chart or this drawing, you know, or I want to do this, this thing. It might be, oh, I have to go to this site and sign up, pay them money and link it. So, yeah, and I think that the the pricing for Google makes sense. You start from, you know, if you're just using Google Docs, it's free. Just sign in with your uh, Google account. But if you're starting to move more into business and using G Suite, uh, a basic account starts at five dollars. The enterprise account goes all the way up to twenty five. 
And when you look at the basic thing of what you get here, here's what the way Google encapsulates it. All that stuff I read off from Microsoft, Google goes a different direction and they say, look, this is pretty simple. What you get is the ability to connect, create and access. And you pretty much get that at any level. So you get your business email through Gmail. You get video and voice conferencing through Hangouts, which is being repositioned as we speak into an enterprise class and business class tool rather than consumer. Shared it, it calendars. It works great. It does. It does. It does. And I would definitely, we're using Skype to record right now. I You would not know any difference if we use Google Hangouts. Uh, to create, they lump all of the tools we're talking about here, like Docs and Sheets, Documents, Spreadsheets, and Presentations. And then their access, they give 30 gigabytes of cloud storage for the $5 tier uh, something like a terabyte per user for the $10 tier. And I think it's the same for um, for the enterprise. So basically when you're paying more, it's because you're a larger company, you're paying more for the the license access per seat. And, and I, I, again, it's an apples orange comparison. You can get in cheaper than you can with Office. But if you're a larger business, if you're mid-sized to larger, you may be paying more for less just going with that Unix Linux philosophy of doing well, one thing and doing it well. I don't know. I think in some ways, so I, I have very fond experiences, uh, like just a great experience trying to do something in it, just working, working in a shared Google doc in a shared sheet. Like they have that nailed. Oh, they did. So, and Microsoft scrambled for years to try to catch up and, and barely. It's has. Still, I mean, it's, it's getting better, but I still think that, like collaborating on a document or a presentation at the exact same time. Who doesn't love Oop. anonymous platypus, right? You know, so when you, when you log into but, a sheet. Yeah, I'm just saying it, it works. Like it instantly saves like every change. I, I haven't had any issues with the, you know, Oh, where'd the file go? What's the issue with it? And it's always there. It's a lot easier. I think in some ways for some of the apps to work on, I mean, they have good support on Mac. They work really well, especially on, because it's native. Platforms. It runs it runs perfectly in Chrome, as you would imagine. And Chrome runs on and Safari, so many devices. Yeah. So yeah, I just. Um, in uh, fairness, I'm almost going to backtrack a little bit of what I said about price. If you do compare it tier to tier of you know entry level small business enterprise, Google is priced competitively lower than the Microsoft Office suite in any one of those situations. It's just you're getting a completely different type of suite. I'm not saying that there's a, a curve or even assuming everyone already uses Gmail for everything. But I think that if you're kind of already using some of the tools, it's there's no learning curve. Yeah, like, it may make sure. I do want to clarify really quickly, though, my platypus joke for anyone who may not know. I mean, I think most of us by now have used Google Docs and know what I mean. But if you have a shared document and you're not requiring that people log in, what it'll do is it'll assign a, a random animal name and your anonymous raccoon, anonymous platypus, anonymous elephant, whatever the case is. And I'm sorry, yeah. I just I love anonymous platypus. I think that's one of the best things in the world. <laughs> and, and they have little icons to go with them. Yeah. And, and yeah. So what do you think? Is it time for Apple iWork? Yeah, I. Uh, Chris, is it ever time for Apple iWork? That's what we're here to determine. Uh, I've used iWork. I, I used iWork when uh, when you had to pay for it or when you got it for free with a new Mac. Yeah, so you got it for free with a new Mac, and most everything okay. across the board is free now, even on the phone and tablet. I'm going to date myself. I used to use Apple Works on the Apple II. Oh, you old, old man. 
<laughs> I, I I had an image writer for for that. Uh, you know, before they had laser writers. So nostalgia the dot matrix ones. Nostalgia aside, <laughs> when we're talking about, and I think this is where we can offer a lot of value. When we're talking about Apple iWork, we've got to be clear. Like we can talk price and that it's free if you have a Mac device or any type of, excuse me, any type of Apple device, including your tablets and phones now. But there are some limitations. If we talk about, you know, we've talked about Microsoft being available everywhere natively, practically, except for Linux and then in the browser and Google Docs is all in the browser. So it's available anywhere you can run a web browser uh, at all. And when we get to Apple iWork, we're in a different situation there very different situation yeah there are online versions of some of the pieces of software located on iCloud you can get to those whether you have an Apple or not so you could you could conceivably log into iCloud create an account and create a little um their software they call their I forgot the word word processor pages yeah they call the thank, thank you I was trying to think a word processor though they call the word processor pages the spreadsheet is numbers. Presentation Present- is Keynote. Keynote. The thing that I told you before irks me sometimes. These are desktop applications that you can get cloud versions, but nowhere near to the level of what the other two competitors that we've talked about have. And there are no desktop applications for Windows or Linux. It's basically Apple. It's on their Macs. It's on their iPads. And they have... Mobile versions, which, to be fair, you can access mobile versions of the G Suite, and they do have mobile app versions of the you know Word and PowerPoint and Excel. So everybody kind of has a mobile app version right. these days, as well as a web version. But again, if you're on Android, sorry, you're you're not going to get Pages, you're not going to get Numbers, you're not going to get any of these, you're not going to get Keynote at all, uh, unless you log in through the browser through iCloud. And so I think this is an immediate limitation for a lot of people, because even if you are a Mac shop, what if you're dealing with people who are not? What if you're interfacing now in fairness, right? We didn't talk about this with Google, but Google is a cloud platform, so they have their own way of storing files in the cloud. If you want a Microsoft Office equivalent file, if you want a Microsoft Office compatible file, you can download one. Now, why is that important? Well, remember, it's important because Office is the elephant in the room. It's the standard that most people are used to over two decades or more in terms of fire file interoperability. Apple, just like anybody else, can save as a Microsoft Office type. So whether that's a Word doc or an Excel doc or a PowerPoint doc, because Microsoft has opened those file types uh, so that any developer can use them. Usability I think it aside. Has a different place. I think that what you see when you're dealing with people that are on Macs primarily or are running their business from a Mac. In some cases, I've seen uh, consultants or entrepreneurs that are very design focused and and others, it's they love their iPhone or their iPad. And so they, they like using their Mac. Um, But what I've seen with the people who are very design focused is I have to say it that the word documents, you know, the, the, the word processing documents produced by pages and the spreadsheets produced by numbers and the presentations by keynote, they look pretty. They, 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 they have this design polish and it doesn't look as enterprisey. It just kind of, it looks very kind of design oriented. 
Now, I don't know if this is environment or just the people I know that use, uh, utilize these different types of software. I 100% agree with you in Keynote, even though it's, it, by the way, the old idea that it's not possible to make a pretty application in one or the other, or whatever the case is. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah, we're levelizing. So that's what I'm calling out. We're not saying that. But I agree with you. People can make some amazingly aesthetically beautiful and and uh, for communication purposes, keynote presentations. I, I mean, just jaw dropping, beautiful, jaw droppingly beautiful. Um, I think that they they kind of so I think where there's a million features in Excel and and to, you know, to the degree some of the other suites i think they've kind of tried to simplify uh some of the more complex aspects in numbers and and pages and just kind of focus on what are the core things people need to do and so that they just kind of give you those core things and not all of the edge cases yeah and i think i almost think we can sum up apple i work with that not positive on it yet not down on it yet but the idea of it's it's pretty much in the Apple ecosystem. Uh, you can get some limited cloud versions. It's it's no cost going in if you're already in the Apple ecosystem, and it works doing what it does very well. But the idea is, it's word processing software, it's spreadsheet software, and it's presentation software, and that's pretty much what it's designed to do. It's it's head to head going against you know, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint head to head against Google Docs, Sheets, and um, and slides. Um, to, there is uh, on the, the iWork website, there is a section for compatibility with Office. So there's a Word to Pages compatibility, and it has a big list of for, features that are supported or not supported or partially supported. And th- there are quite a few, like, even in a Word doc that's like vertical text and text effects are not supported in pages. Right. Now, it's kind of surprising. And then numbers, like you can't do backgrounds or lock cells or add page breaks or do a protected sheet. Oh, no lock cells? Yeah. See, see uh-huh. that right there just kind of uh-huh. external data, <laughs> pivot tables. <laughs> I, I have a story, a little parable I've got to tell you for a moment. I, uh, again, I work with a lot of people who are very loyal to Apple. And uh, okay. so I joke and I put a Windows logo on the back of my MacBook and it's all funny. And and that's, I guess, where I get part of my uh, my reputation for being a Microsoft guy, even though I'm doing it tongue in cheek. But, um, you know, somebody came to me and straight faced. Keep in mind, I'm an Excel corporate trainer. <laughs> that's the number one piece of software I train in or, or train on for, for corporate clients. And somebody straight faced looked at me and says, you know. I like numbers a lot better than Excel. And I didn't judge them. I thought, well, that's okay. Yeah, preference. Great. Whatever. It works for you. And then they gave me their justification. (laughs) They should have stopped there and I would have been happy. But they gave me the justification and they said, because it can do so much more than Excel. And I thought, oh, my Um, God, have you ever opened a computer before? So, again, I'm not picking on that person. I'm not picking on it. But it's a story I have to tell you because, look, it's designed to do what it's designed to do to get the job done, but you're not going to do what a lot of us do in Excel and go write a whole bunch of macros and create basically mock up entire applications that we do in Excel. You're not going to do that over in uh, numbers. It's just not going to happen. But for spreadsheet uh, crunching numbers, it's a beautiful thing. Like if it's, there's no, I don't think there's any licensing considerations about a business or a whatever version. If you buy a Mac, you have these, if you want to be able to do a, a pretty presentation, you have it at your disposal. Um, you can sync it to your iCloud, share a link, and work collaboratively, 
collaboratively with someone, but you're having trouble with that word today too. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> We're sleep deprived, <laughs> but I, I mean, it kind of depends on the ecosystem you're in, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Now, I think that does bring us to a good transition point to talk about the fourth one of these, um, LibreOffice. Yeah. Why? I want to give a very brief answer, and I'm, I'd like a very brief answer from you as well. Why did you want to put this on the list? Because we both wanted to, but I think we owe it to our listeners to explain why. I've been getting myself reacquainted with uh, Linux. Um, I run Linux on the server a lot. Um, I have my own Linux server at home, but I used to run Linux on the desktop quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I recently got a new ThinkPad and I've just been running it pure Linux, nothing else. And so I, uh, LibreOffice is usually installed in desktop Linux distribution. So if you install Ubuntu on a machine, you probably get LibreOffice. Yeah. I use Dropbox and OneDrive and, you know, Google Drive. And I had different documents on there and I, was like, oh yeah, let me open them up. And I was opening them and looking at some of the compatibility issues. But I thought, you know, there are some people who are like, hey, I have some old machines. I could put Linux on them. And I now have a machine where someone can do email and type and, you know, work on spreadsheets. And I don't have to pay for this office license and this Windows license and go, you know. So, this is sometimes a scenario I, I, I think I've seen I've seen some smaller businesses do, and I just don't know if other people revisit it. I, I thought it would be a good addition just to discuss. Also, it's fully cross-platform, so there's Mac versions and Linux versions and Windows versions, but there's no cloud version, and there's no uh, there's no real. Um, There's an Android mobile. mobile viewer, but that's about it. And they have their their beta testing some editing ability, but let's pretend it doesn't exist. My brief answer is very much like yours. So not only are we looking at LibreOffice, but again, Microsoft Office has been the software to topple for what nearly twenty years now. And OpenOffice attempted that. Others have attempted that. LibreOffice, as we talked about, being the the uh, successor to the open source uh, view of 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 office productivity suites. And the general idea here is just like with Apple iWork, right? If you if you thought we were picking on it, we're really not because we're getting to the core of what office suites and productivity suites used to be. Word processors, spreadsheets, and presentation software. And yeah, well, this has more than that. It does. There's also uh, the ability to draw just like in Google Docs. There's the ability to have a, a database just like there is in Microsoft Office. And so there is more to it. But the reason I wanted to include this is a much deeper topic that I'm not going to go into now, but I'm kind of maybe tease in case we ever talk about it in the future. And that is, you know, people joke about Linux having been the future of the desktop for, for again, the same 20 years that we're talking about with productivity software. And now, in the current day and age, is the only time I ever would have believed it. So if you're talking about a small business with very limited funds, you can set up an Ubuntu desktop for nothing but the cost of the hardware, no yeah. operating license, no operating uh, system license, no software cost, you know, free as in open source, free as in beer as well, and have them, your employees, be able to look at Microsoft Office documents using LibreOffice on an otherwise completely free operating system of your choice. Maybe Ubuntu, maybe something else. But uh, so that's another topic, but that's why it deserves to be here when everybody, every other suite we're looking at comes from the tech big players, Microsoft, Google, and Apple. The, the other thing I, I just wanted to kind of call out about it, um, I've tried using LibreOffice in the past, and it, it was relatively slow, and 
it just didn't feel as polished as it. I mean, it, it's definitely an improvement over the older Open Office. I think that all ran on on Java. It seemed pretty oh, sluggish. That um, gave me a bad impression of Java for a very long time. LibreOffice, the the newest version, version six, is actually pretty snappy. Lightning and, and, quick. And there's a lot of so because this is an open source project and it's it's multicultural and, and the people who develop it, uh, like with Office and Google, it's available in like lots of languages. There's probably you know specialty languages or or, or formatting that that someone has a special interest in and they want to add to it, but it just seems it's much more polished than it used to be. It's completely free. You you can do quite a bit with it. My hesitation is, like I said, I've opened documents that look fine in pages. Like it's a Word doc, looks fine in Word, looks fine in pages, looks relatively okay in, in Google Docs and LibreOffice. It's like went from one page to like two and a half, <laughs> you know, just yeah. the, the formatting's a little off. Now, with all of that said, Let's let's go ahead and move on because I think making the case for why LibreOffice is on this list is good enough for it right now. That addresses the platforms and the price and what's included for the most part. Let's do a couple quick head-to-head battles of different user personas that we've defined and try to come up with recommendations of what that type of business should be using. And then after that, for the first time, we'll debut what we talked about in episode 100, our Capu rating system to give an overall rating to these tools to help you, the listener, make a decision on how you should go forward. So where do you want to start? Let's start with uh, the buyer persona that we came up with as a very first-time entrepreneur, maybe has a laptop or a computer but not a lot of other business equipment, just getting started in business for the first time. Okay. So, I mean, we can assume their laptop or, or their device is probably already working. <laughs> I mean, that's just a, a just a good starting point. It's probably already working. <laughs> I, I I would hope so. I think one of the questions we're going to have up front is what type of device is it? Because if you're on a Windows device, that opens up a couple of things. If you're on a Linux, that may or a distribution of Linux, I should say, that may limit you a little bit. And on Mac, we have some variances as we talked about before. So the first thing that person's probably going to want to do is listen back to the introductions we gave about platform availability and really pick based upon what's available. I also think not only about the hardware, the communications you're going to have to do. Mm -hmm. So if you are are just uh, writing random, you know, if, if your documents are mainly for your consumption, they're not being sent to another company, like you're not sending Excel files, you know, as an invoice to someone. So, so, so some sort of spreadsheet that a, another business needs to consume. It's, it's pretty much just your internal records that you're keeping. And maybe you, you print out a little shipping slip, cut the paper and put it in a box. If you're, you're shipping something out, let's say you're, how about an Etsy business? It's a small little Etsy business. Sure. You're starting to make stuff and you have your laptop. Probably say stick with Google suite. It, or, or even LibreOffice, it's a low overhead and it gets you going to as you grow your business. You you may you may be surprised at this, but I'm going to agree with you completely because my, my first thought was Google Docs for this. Uh, LibreOffice, yeah. Libre I'm going to remove from the equation for this person because uh, yeah, all, be, all things being equal, I don't know their comfort with open source software and the ability to problem solve. Uh, plus, it, you know, if you're starting this business, you really don't have a lot of time to look for some of the training that may be required to understand how 
uh, LibreOffice works. Not that it's hard, but you know, everybody, if everybody else is on iWork, Google Docs, and Office, that's the training yeah. resource you're going to be able to find. Uh, I would say if you are on a Mac, go ahead and stick with iWork. But whether you're on a Mac, whether you're on a uh, Windows device, I'm really, I'm leaning solidly Google here. I want to reduce my overhead. I want to focus on materials, building the thing out the door. My costs are going to be in materials and shipping. I don't want my costs to go into my software. Yeah. Because yeah. I can send people emails. Uh, you know, I can. Yeah, you're going to be able to Google email, suite. write documents, yeah. spreadsheets. Like if you need something else, you, you can, but those you are can go look for those other are for software. Me. Yeah. What are my supplies? Who do I need to ship to next? I can just keep track of that myself and you can do mailing you can do the mail merge type stuff and 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 g suite 100 percent with you so what about a maybe uh, a little bit more established business uh maybe something on main street let's call it a retailer or a bakery or a bistro or a clothing store whatever you may put on main street we've got uh, i don't know let's call it two to ten or maybe 15 maybe even 20 employees at the absolute most what are you thinking then because that company's probably going to have a little bit of flexibility in choosing their type of computer system in order to best fit what they need. I also think you have to keep into keep in mind your external communications. So there's kind of two two sides to the coin. Internal communications, let let's say we want to be able to chat or hang out. If it if they're all centrally located, cool. If they're remote or working from home or whatever, you want that hangout or that Skype Teams type of capability so you can chat easily, um, send quick messages. You want some sort of file share capability. Where's the new logo? Let, let's get that on this uh, letterhead. Um, where's the spreadsheet with the numbers for last month so we can get it to the accountant? Where's the invoice from that other business for the supplies we need? So, so now we're sending and receiving files from other companies. And um, we want a way to communicate internally. What do you think? Since I kind of went first last time. <laughs> you know, based on the way you frame that, I think we're going to uh, unfortunately be in agreement here or fortunately for our listener, I should say. Um, just joking around with you. But I, I've got to say that, look, in, in this case, I'm really leaning still Google Docs or Microsoft Office. And it's for exactly what you just said. I, the And I should be clear, the subscription service. Office 365 or G Suite for Google Docs as the equivalent. I'm looking at those not necessarily because, oh, we've got to write a letter or create a spreadsheet. I'm really thinking about those value-added services of what if I want to create an invoice? I can do that in my spreadsheet or I can use Microsoft invoicing in the business center. What if I need to send an email? Well, Microsoft Office is plugged right in with um with exchange starting at the 1250 actually starting at the $8 a month plan and Google See, Docs is, at the $5 a month. I'll agree with you over 10 that I believe 0365 and, and the office subscription plan is a better thing cuz in in my mind at this point your business has grown to a certain place and the Resources coming in and out and the files and the artifacts of your business, you know, your your um, your income statements, your spreadsheets, your projections, they're much more important and you're you're gonna be communicating with external businesses more. But I think fewer than ten. Three to five, three to oh, eight. In, in there? I would lean more towards Google than Office still. If yeah, if you're if you're sub ten, if you're less than ten employees, ten total people. 
I, Even five, five. There, there's yeah. some plans on the G Suite that are designed for five and under. Yeah, and, there's and I'd a, be like, yeah, that. But yeah, once you start creeping up towards ten and slightly over, that's where I'm going to want the Exchange server. Uh, again, I'm I'm there for Exchange if we go Microsoft. I'm there for I, Gmail I if we go um, for Google Docs. Either so I one. think the reason I was saying five go with something with Google. I do, and I don't want the personal accounts is with the G Suite. It's an account that's tied to the business. So whether people come and go, the files stay. A hundred percent. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so that additional administrative and file storage for the company is worth the five bucks or whatever. There, there's no difference in my answer, though, by the way, even if you're at five people or 15, I do believe that Microsoft Office 0365 rather or G Suite. Either one of those, I'll leave that to which one, whichever one you like, whoever you feel better about spend, uh, sending money to every month, whichever your yeah. employees like. I, I see no difference in five to 15 people between those two, quite frankly. I, I do. I think with five, you're, you're a very active part of the business. and Yeah, but why does that lead you to Google Docs over oh, 0365? Hold on. hold on. I think that you're probably delegating a lot less at five to 15. And so at five... You just want to do the document and communicate. I think at 15 is where you're starting to say, okay, how can I look at process improvements and analytics and start using some of these other tools like the invoicing and the customer manager and the booking agent? Like at, at, at five, it's like, hey, just put an appointment on the calendar. Oh, I'm but hearing we, you now. I'm hearing you and I'm yeah. with you. So let's say if, if, if we it's go – a matter of scale – and yeah. it's a matter of focus because when you're when you're one to two people, when you're five people, you're you're up to your eyeballs in it. Yeah. When you're at fifteen, you're still up to your eyeballs, still, but maybe, it's different. You're still up to your eyeballs, <laughs> but it might be a sixty-hour week or yeah. forty-hour week instead of well, a hundred-hour week. I'm not as hung up on the numbers of the number of employees in this that, and the other, but if we let's let's call it it's, you know under scale, right? Let's call it under ten because it is that scale idea. If you're that under 10 or not quite scaled much from still being that one person, you've got a few other people in. For me, I, I'm still with you. Google Docs there. Um, I think right. if you do want to stay Microsoft loyal, you could do that. But Google, I mean, I'm just I'm not going to take the time and the money to, to do it. I'm just going to use Google uh, Suite for five dollars a month across the board at that point. Uh, yeah. It's where we get into our third persona that we want to look at the small business going from 10 to 50 employees, maybe even as you inch up to 100. That's where I'm going to take that change of pace. So if we've got a small business to business service or even if you take your retail operation and start scaling it, that's when I'm going to start steering people more towards Microsoft Office because it is the elephant in the room and I yeah. need those businesses more prepared for things to come like business intelligence suite. So, so power BI and power pivot and using Excel's uh, more advanced functions. I need that business moving into midsize to be ready for those things. I, I, I want to, I would do it for a different reason and that's administration in my mind at five to 10 people, you know, everybody very easily at 50, you start running into who are you again? And, <laughs> and so you need, uh, ways to delegate rights and authority uh, to files, to services. So you need administrative functions. You need better analytics, which is where, like you said, the database fits in and you're starting to set up mailing lists and groups for a little bit, you know, uh, control and, and delegation. 
Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty much a hundred percent on uh, after a certain point. And, and this is my, probably my bias because I'm, uh, I've done a lot in enterprises and at the enterprise level, it, it can go one of a couple of ways, but I've kind of been in the enterprise shops, always been in Microsoft enterprise shops. So that, that probably flavors my view of things a little bit, but I have been in some pure like Mac shops. I'm not going to view that as bias and for one reason, because there's something that, that I was leaving unsaid, but to follow up and make you feel a little better, uh, a little bit better. I want to address the people who may be going, but wait a second, you're talking about Apple. I work in LibreOffice, and then these aren't coming up in any of these solutions for business. I should preface this and go back and say, look, we're discovering in real time here that our advice is that Microsoft Office with Office 365 and Google Docs with G Suite are very much competing in a class against each other, even though they're taking drastically different attempts uh, or approaches towards it. Apple iWork and LibreOffice are very much, even though they extend beyond this, they're very much about the core of word processor, spreadsheet, and presentations. So at any level, any of these answers that I've given, which have all been Google Docs or Microsoft Office so far, if you say, I like Apple iWork, I like LibreOffice, you can take and say, all right, fine, for my word processing, for my spreadsheet, unless you're the the bigger business that I need ready for Excel and Power BI. Um, if you like Keynote over PowerPoint, fine, swap those out. Use them if you have an Apple device. And I think that's where I hope I'm making you feel better and giving clarification to the listeners because we're really talking about these new types of all-inclusive services versus are you just a, you know, word processor, spreadsheet, and... Presentations. Well, I've, I've seen also, like I have design managers who are very Mac oriented in a Microsoft shop and they love doing their presentations in Keynote. They'll sh- share the files, but they don't always look the same when other people open them later. But for those presentations. What, what type of file was that? Like a Keynote. Oh, Keynote? Uh, yeah. I, I haven't had those issues, but again, I, just minor. I've things, only had like those issues you- going back and forth between PowerPoint and Keynote. Yeah, just minor. Um, I think some of the exceptions are also if uh, you're like a heavy Mac or Linux type shop and the the Office tools are good, but um, for a long time they weren't fully on the same code base. And so there were a couple of little differences. There's things you could do on PC you couldn't do on Mac. And they're definitely getting better at that. But I have coworkers, usually UI people, uh, who work on primarily on Macs. And I'm primarily on a PC at work and they have consistent issues with Skype, Teams, uh, Outlook crashing, or I can't see the shared calendar. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah. so th- there's, but there's not really a good answer for it. I, I think G Suite, you'll get a consistent experience, but you're going to be lacking in some of the more advanced features. Yeah. Excel probably, you know, definitely has a little bit more power across the board, but you're not getting a consistent experience, I think, everywhere. Yeah, not you're, you're not even still to this day. But, you know, that it goes to another unsaid is is we're talking about these user personas pretty clearly. Right. If we start yeah. leaving that, if we say somebody's in accounting or finance or something, it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I need you in Excel from day one. <laughs> you know, like you can yeah, love Google Sheets all you want. You can love numbers all you want, but I need you in Excel. And and I, I and, and I know we're, we're both a really, truly simpatico on that. So listen, if you're if you're scratching your head and thinking, well, but the advice you're giving, I'm not one of these personas. I don't fit that mold and you you need a little bit more help with it. Just reach out to us. Go to the episode 102 page 
on Multi New Media or reach out to us, feedback at multinewmedia.com. Let us know. We'll definitely take a look at your type of use case and follow up with you to let you know if there's anything you should be looking for. Now, Chris, are you ready to transition to our last part of the day? Oh, yes, I am. This, we are rolling out for the first time ever, our Capu rating system. So this is going to be horribly chaotic, I imagine. But we'll take a look at four different areas. And this is these are the areas that we're going to rate this software on. Capability, as in what does the software enable us to do on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being the best. Analytics, how does this software help us analyze and understand our business operations? Profitability <laughs> is our letter P. Also 0 to 10. And finally, usability. So let's start digging in. Chris, do you want to take uh, category by category? We go through the capability of each one of these and give them a numerical score. Uh, We could do it either way. Let's do all the C's across all four suites, then all the A's, then all the P's and all the U's. That works. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to defer to you and ask you for capability. What do you think in terms of Office, Google Docs, iWork and LibreOffice? Okay, well, um, I think as far as capability, Office is going to be a 9. I'm not going to give it a perfect score. I, I, I know it's very capable, but I think there's some usability and cross-platform issues on some of the devices and applications, and I know they're still working on it. Uh, Google Suite, um, I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, I work for the things it does as far as capabilities, and I'm just kind of looking at it in the, the way it was designed. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. And actually, LibreOffice, surprisingly, uh, I'm going to give it a, a seven as well. Uh, I think it can do a lot of of advanced features, a uh, couple of compatibility issues, but you can still do a lot. We're really close in our ratings. So for capability, I also gave Office a nine. We agree there. Uh, and it's for the exact same reason you you mentioned, so I'll move on. Google Docs is the only place we disagree in this case. I'm rating that as a six. You rated it as an eight. I'm dropping it down by two because I really feel like having to go to the third-party market to do so many of the extended features is a real drawback for people who may not have the time to delve into that. Apple iWork and LibreOffice, I'm giving a seven to both of those pretty much for the same reasons you did. Um, I iWork got limited because mainly I think it's a capability problem because it's not available on Linux and Windows PCs and on Android mobile. But LibreOffice was for a different reason that I deducted three from it. And that's simply because it has a very old style user interface. And now we'll get to usability later. But in terms of capability, I think that's going to slow down deployment. And that was the big impact there. Okay. So what about analytics? The ability yeah, to analyze. Uh, okay, so sure, I'll take this one first. So Office, I ha- I'm sorry, I had to give this a perfect 10 because of Excel. Now, that may be a little bit biased, but I again, I wouldn't work with Excel and I wouldn't work in this field. Uh, I didn't seek it out. It sought me out. Let me put it that way. So I've got to give... <laughs> I've got to give Office a perfect 10 and because of Power BI and Power Pivot and Power Query and all the mapping features, it's just amazing. Do those come with Office 365? A good number with the of them. 1250, do I get Power BI? You do get Power BI. Yes, you get the self-serve Power BI. You do not get the, the high-end tier and you don't get Power Pivot with that either. Unfortunately, anybody who's looking to buy these is going to have to go through even even without our help or you know outside of the show. And for this exact same version I get through Office 365, if you were to buy it, quote unquote, in the box, 
you would get it. So it's it's kind of like, I can't say it doesn't come with it. It depends on how you buy it, what your service levels are. Uh, Google Docs, uh, I'm still with six. I'm still kind of penalizing them because I've got to go all these different places and, and they're, you know, it's just not up to the task of giving me detailed, descriptive and predictive analytics. Apple iWork, we talked about numbers. This is going to be somewhere between a four and a five. I'll just call it a five and be nice. It's for old school spreadsheet type of work. It's not for massive number crunching. And LibreOffice, I've got to go with five there as well. Again, there are usability issues, which is a completely different category, but it's it's spilling over. It's impacting our ability to train and deploy. So Office, I did give a nine, but I gave it a nine for a little different reason than you gave Excel, only Excel like a 10 in Power BI. With OneDrive, you can see when people access files. Um, you can look at revision histories and how things are shared in email and OneDrive and in collaborative Word. So, And in SharePoint, you can generate statistics and analytics about where people are coming from. So I was looking at it more of how I can use analytics or, or, or what type of analytics features it brings me to learn more about my customers okay. or, or people I interact with. Um, so I, I, I gave the office suite a nine. Uh, Google, I gave an eight for some of the same reasons. I, I can see and, and integrate with the Google sites and it's very easy to add in Google analytics you can use uh, the search capabilities and some of the historical features. I can see, oh, I've opened it today. This person's opened it. They've looked at this link. They've shared this stuff. So you can learn a little bit about the people interacting with the files and communications that you have. Uh, iWork, it, it does have collaborative features, but I, I gave it a four. Uh, and that I do use iWork. I have a Mac. I, I, I've, I've made presentations and sheets and, and things, but I've never really thought about it as an analytics tool. And LibreOffice, I, I, I gave it a four as well because it does have Excel capabilities, but there's really no online or collaborative type features to, to gather. So, so it, it's just a, it's a standalone tool. What about profitability? This is where my enterprise level, you know, my enterprise experience probably is going to, I'm giving it a nine um, for office because you do get a lot. I mean, yes, there's a lot of free features out there that, you know, free tools that, that do a lot of the same thing. But once you get to a certain price, uh, having the exchange server and SharePoint and some of the collaborative tools, as well as business-wide adoption of the you know similar types of formats, uh, I think that that is one going to help your profit because you're not going to have to spend extra time on training or on uh, modifying documents so that they look right. Like you, you just do it once and it'll probably work fine. Google Suite, I also gave a nine. Um, it's a lower cost. In a lot of ways, I think there's lower training for, for some things. That it just simply works, um, though I, th I did ding them a little bit on, on the compatibility side of things. That's why it's a nine for cross-platform, ease of use, ease of installation, ease of administration. It just kind of, boom, works. I work, um, I gave a seven. One, it's free, and it will do the basic things you need it to do very well, and it doesn't really require a lot of training. And LibreOffice, 
I gave a six because it is free and it does do a lot, but kind of like you implied, it's got an older interface. It's got some training issues. It, you might not look for things in the same place you do in other software. So, and then you're going to have compatibility issues. So I just kind of, I kind of tied all those in there a little bit. So we, we do differ here to some degree. Office, I gave an eight, and I think that's because it is, um, depending on the tier you buy, it can be the most expensive of these to get into directly. And I'll come back to that in a moment. Google Docs, I gave a nine. And so I, I, I actually rated Google Docs higher in profitability because, look, if, you've, if you're in finance or if you start growing and you need Excel, you can go out and get just Excel if you need. And Power Query and Power Pivot and Power BI and all of these things you can add on because honestly, there's only a certain amount of time in business where Excel is going to be good enough for you until you need to go to some type of a database system, you know, SAP or SQL Server or something else, and then use Excel to analyze the data from there. Based on Productivity Suite, to me, Google Docs is amazingly, amazingly great. You get in, you create the thing you need. If you got to have a Microsoft Office file, you export it, you go for it. iWork, I've got to ding it here. I've got to disagree with you. I'm giving, instead of your seven, I'm giving iWork a three. And that is because, yes, the software may be quote unquote free, but Listen, if, if you say I'm biased against Apple, I will understand even though I'm not and I use one. The reason I would understand somebody saying that is I am not okay with the price of these de the devices relative to other devices you can have for business deployment. I am simply not okay with what you get for what you pay when you can buy the exact same spec for literally less than half the price for with Windows or Linux. So just because of that, being tied to that platform, being tied to Apple is majorly hurting iWork in my mind. LibreOffice, I'm giving a five. And again, it, it ties back to usability, even though that's a separate category, because the profitability is going to be amazingly low. With Excel, you hire somebody like me to come in and tell you how to take it to the next level, not how to open the software. With LibreOffice, You've got to get somebody like me to come in and show you how to switch to it, how to deploy it, how to roll it out, what all the buttons mean, how to translate from what you're already using. And for a lot of businesses, that is a big expense. And and with you, if you don't have to bring somebody in from the outside, it's a big expense in time because like you said, the user forms aren't there. The YouTube channels aren't there. Uh, I just, mm -hmm. that's a major problem for me with LibreOffice. Fair. I guess since we're alternating, I'll wrap this up. My usability before we go to yours. Usability, I, I don't know if I can justify these the same way I can the other categories. But Office, I give that a 7. As much as I view it personally a 10 for me because I'm used to it, I see the people I train every single week, every single month when I go into a new company. I see the panic in their eyes when they look at the ribbon and see all the commands jumbled in there. And they think, oh my God. I have to make sense of all of this within, you know, a day or a week or a month. So I, I, I do hurt Microsoft there a little bit in usability. It's overwhelming to a lot of people. For that same reason, uh, you might think I'd give Google Docs a higher rating, but I'm going to give them exactly the same rating of seven. Usability in terms of Google Docs, it's much more usable. But when you do get to the advanced features, it's just as complex and it's even harder to find the more advanced features than it is in a Microsoft Office suite for many people. That's subjective, but that's my observation with uh, clients. Apple iWork, uh, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to give iWork a nine here. There are only, okay. there are only yeah. a few buttons on, on, on the top and then you have the pane on the right-hand side that has all the tasks and, and actions and controls. And it's really simple. It's really wonderful to use and, and easy to learn. Uh, LibreOffice. 
the thing that was hurting, <laughs> hurting everything here. I've got to give LibreOffice Libre a three because unless you are the type of person like us where you can just jump into software and start figuring it out very quickly, you're going to be spending some time in LibreOffice just getting your bearings about you. Uh, that That's fair. I gave Office an eight. I, I, I didn't have a problem with uh, the application. And I think that what you probably see as people being afraid of Office is also partly people being afraid of computers. To some Just degree, computers. sure, yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with Office. It could be it could be anything. They're afraid of computers. Well, they're okay with calculator and notepad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that, but that's what I'm getting at. Right, There's, right, I'm with you. So uh, I, I'm not going to ding it as, as much uh, in my mind. Um, Google Suite, I gave an eight as well. I think it just kind of works. You know, you just go in. It, it's limited in in some regards, but it it works and it's usable. Um, I work. I gave a nine for the same reason you did. Same reason as Google. It's it's more uh, simplified and focused. Hey, see, simplified I think almost implies a negative connotation to it. I think it's a very focused interface where they've looked at the most used features that you need. And so let's highlight those, focus on those, just make them super easy to get to and not really worry about the rest. And in LibreOffice, I went to a four on uh, some of the usability just for that that same reason. There, it's, it's still improving. I, I would say it used to be lower, um, but I think four, maybe five. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with five. I, I'm fine with it. Okay. So when we tally all of those numbers up, and I know that's a lot, right now I think we're going to experiment with trying some letter grades because we all know, at least um, uh, here in the United States, we all know the letter grades of A, B, C, D, and F. Uh, I know that varies throughout the world, but we're going to use a standard American grading system right now. And um, for me, Office ranked the top with a B grade. Uh, it's a B for me as well. A B for you. I think you ended up with a B for Google Docs, whereas I gave it a C, which is average run of the mill, which I'm, I'm comfortable with. I'm saying that Google is perfectly fine for average use and that Office has some perks in certain situations. Now, Apple iWork and uh, LibreOffice didn't fare so well from us. What did uh, iWork get from you? It got a D, and I believe it was the analytics that drug it down because I didn't feel like it brought enough. Also a D for analytics, uh, or, or excuse me, for iWork as well because of analytics and for me because of profitability as well, simply because of the cost of the devices. If you have to buy a $2,000 device, give or take, and you get free software with it, great. That's still a big buy-in. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really factor that in. I probably should have because um, you, you, you did make a valid point. Um, you can get two very decently specced you know, Windows laptops for the price of one yeah. MacBook. Now, unfortunately, though, LibreOffice, which you and I both like, we both are very fond of that software, I believe. It earned an F from both of us. But remember, this is not us saying that it's bad software. It's saying that as your business technology advisors, we're not recommending in most situations that you steer towards this direction unless there's some specific that would lead us to believe that it's a, a good case. So in this case, it looks like we're, we're trying to steer people towards uh, Google Docs and Microsoft Office. 
Yeah, I mean, look, here's the case I'd use for LibreOffice. You've got an old laptop you threw Linux on and your kid needs to write up a paper. Yeah. Guess what? You can print it out and it'll look fine. <laughs> You've got a bunch of spare parts in your or, IT room and you're onboarding five new employees. Ubuntu all around. I've got a cheap laptop I'm using as just a web browser and I click on a link and I need to open a Word doc. Yeah. Sure. Th this works fine. It's wonderful. I don't know if I'd run my business on it. So nobody got an A. That's okay. I hope this has been a good rollout of the Capu rating system for us. Hey, Chris, maybe next time we won't do four different comparisons when we do it. I know that's a lot of numbers to deal with at one time in audio. But if you want these ratings, I'll put them with the show notes at multinewmedia.com and just click on the episode 102 link. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.